of Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 20. Let us hear God's word. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God. He is not to honor, he is not to honor his father with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about, about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are the rules taught by, God, by men. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them, they are blind gods. If a blind man leaves a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull, Jesus asked. Don't you see that whatever enters the, the mouth goes into the stomach and then comes out the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, thief, false testimony, slander. These are what makes a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I can't hear you. <laughs> everyone here uh, this morning. Uh, I, I, I must uh, give this disclaimer uh, with the extenuating circumstances that we find ourselves in. I had to reduce my sermon from three hours to two hours. <laughs> this morning that uh, for those who are still experiencing outing, outages, 
Lord, that uh, your grace would be sufficient uh, and that they would uh, recognize that uh, you are their substance, you are their sustainer. For those of us who uh, did not experience uh, this difficulty, Lord, may we be grateful for your blessings. And so, Father, give us hearts to hear your word this morning. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. There's a story that's told about a man who lived a very difficult life. He was in and out of prison. He was drug addicted. When he wasn't incarcerated, he was fighting on the streets and stealing from people. He had a mohawk haircut, you know, you know those uh, haircuts, <laughs> mohawk haircut, had tattoos from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, <coughs> had earrings, not only in his ears, but in his nose and even in his eyebrows. Life was difficult for him, and hurting people hurt people. But then he had an encounter one day with Jesus. How many of you know when you have an encounter with Jesus, he can change your life? And that's what happened with this gentleman. His life was changed as a result of the encounter he had with Jesus. So he knew that church was a part of being a good Christian, so he went to this one church. And you know how church folks can be. We're, we're going to be honest this morning, okay? Can we, can we be honest this morning, at least for today? Uh, as he walked into that sanctuary with the same clothes on and outfit and everything and haircut and all of that, you, you know how church folks can do. They look over over their uh, their glasses and start whispering to their next next uh, next of kin, so to speak, about who is this guy that's coming into this church. So after the service, the pastor gently pulled him to a, to the side and said, "Thanks for coming. We, we're glad you had that experience with Jesus." Now, maybe you might want to change your outer appearance. So the young man left, came back the next Sunday with the same outfit on, same hairdo. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and nothing had changed outwardly. So, so at, at the end of the service, the pastor was a little perturbed. He pulled him to the side and he said, didn't I, didn't I ask you to, to change your outer appearance? He said, here, here's what I want you to do. Go 
home and pray to Jesus this week and come back and let me know what he said. So the third Sunday, he walks in. Nothing has changed. Mohawks, tattoos. Nothing had changed. So now, the pastor is really perturbed, and he says, son, didn't I tell you to go home and pray to Jesus to ask him what you should wear here this Sunday? He said, Pastor, I did pray to him. He said, then what did he say, son? And the young man looked the pastor in the eye and said, Jesus said, he doesn't know what they wear in that church because I, I've never been in that church before. You'll get it when you get home. <laughs> you, you see, although this story might bring a smile to one's face, it has a lot of truth to it. Traditionally, oftentimes, tradition can take precedence over the love of Christ for individuals, giving one a, a false sense of godliness. You, you see, some traditions can be good, such as, well, our, our MC Free all-church campout, which we just enjoyed a couple of uh, Sundays ago. Or, or perhaps you have yearly family reunions that you participate in, and or, or family vacations. But in today's scriptures, Jesus wants to make the Pharisees aware of bad traditions. Which, by the way, we're all guilty of at different levels. You see, Jesus was essentially saying to the Pharisees what one gets from eating unclean with unclean hands is nothing compared to what you get from having an unclean heart. Yes, it, it's not so much about outward appearance, but what's in the heart. Uh, Jesus Christ wants to be in an intimate, personal love relationship with each one of us here this morning. And that can only happen as we give him our hearts. It is really what our mantra is, isn't it? Love God, love all people, and follow Jesus together. And you can only do that if you give Jesus your heart. God wants us to be like Jesus, not to become a God, small g, but to become godly with godly character. God wants us to be in pursuit of being more like Jesus. You see, our Lord's great concern are truth and love. So he taught the Jewish leaders the truth and exposed their hypocrisy. And he showed the Gentile crowd love as he met their needs. Folks, legalistic adherence to the scriptures will only frustrate you because one can't keep them all without the help of the Holy Spirit. Dare I say, Jesus is constantly challenging us 
with our hesitancy to take seriously the scriptures. So, so what do these scriptures that were just read teach us about tradition? After all, there's good tradition and there's bad traditions. So first of all, the number one bad tradition is outward or external appearances. Outward or external appearances. You, you see, one of the big problems with the Pharisees were they majored in the minor. In this case, washing of hands. Verses 1 and 2 of uh, Matthew 15 says, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Folks, let's be clear. This accusation about washing hands had nothing to do with cleanliness. Dare I say, this had nothing to do whatsoever with germs or bacteria. Nor did this have to do with an Old Testament command to wash your hands before they ate. Although we all heard the saying, cleanliness is next to what? Godliness. But know that this exact phrase is not found in the Bible. For cleanliness is next to godliness. But the concept is clearly expressed. So, so we see throughout the pages of the scriptures the concept of spiritual purity. Listen, folks. The Pharisee had hundreds of traditional commandments from their elders. But this particular commandment of washing your hands does not exist for ordinary people. You see, washing was required for the Levites in preparation for offering sacrifice to God. So it will make any more pleat, you won't be any more pleasing to Jesus if you don't wash your hands. Good hygiene, for sure. Pleasing God? No. But but you see, Jesus turns the tables on the Pharisees by asking them about the, their relationship with their parents. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God, he is not to honor his father with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Verses 3 through 6. Can you believe this? They thought they were more holy if they neglected their mother and father by giving to God. Tradition. Tradition. So, so Jesus concluded his reply with an application. Jesus made it clear that obedience to tradition 
made a person disobedient to the word of God. And this proved the tradition to be false. You, you see, Exodus 20, 12, the Ten Commandments, taught a man to honor his father and mother. In fact, tradition is something external while God's truth is internal in the heart. People obey traditions to please men and gain status. But we obey the word to please God. Let's be honest this morning, shall we? Many people draw near to Jesus by trying to keep commandments while refusing to love him. That's why Isaiah said, and Jesus quoted this, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are rules taught by men. Verse 8. Yes, we learn that God does not find honor when we appear to be righteous and do all the right things. Outward appearance. God wants more than simply keeping a list of rules and commands. He wants our hearts for us. So, so coming to church on Sunday, please, please hear this. Coming to church on Sundays, reading your Bible daily, and praying, all of which are good, godly activities. But God wants you. I can't say it enough. God wants us to give him our hearts and not just our lip service. So, so Jesus is constantly challenging us, Ipsy, to stop our hesitancy on taking scripture seriously. Yes, Jesus declared boldly to the multitude that sin comes from the heart, not from a diet. Essentially, Jesus is saying that, that tradition involves doing things to be seen, which is not good for one's relationship with God. Again, that outward appearance. But, but the second bad tradition that's pointed out, and this is in verses 10 through 14, is offense, being offended. People get so caught up in tradition that they are offended if questioned about it. That's why the disciples informed Jesus that he had just offended the Pharisees. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? In verse 12, you see, following tradition can pull our hearts away from God. Yes, ultimately our hearts are what God cares about. It's a heart issue, folks. Truth be told, being offended when corrected gives one a sense of self-righteousness. It's as if they're saying, how dare you correct me? I'm always right. And that's really some people's attitude and opinion. You, you see, it blinds one to the truth. And the result is, if a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into the pit. It's that plain and simple. That's why one must be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us. You, you see, that's one of the characteristics of the Pharisees. 
and their self-righteousness, they are always looking for fault in you, but they are easily offended when the tables are turned. Have you ever met, met a, 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 a super Christian, in quotes, a, a, a super Christian, who according to them, according to them now, always walks in obedience to God, and they can't remember the last time they sinned. You, you see, that's a recipe for pride, because that leads one to think they are more spiritual than others. Did you know that God is opposed to the pride? But exalts the humble, James 4, 6 tells us. And in fact, the scripture says, first remove the plank from your own eyes. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck, that small speck, from your brother's eyes. Matthew 7, 5. That's why 1 Peter 4, 8 says, above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another. Because love covers a multitude of what? Of sins. So in other words, Jesus was telling the disciples that following the Pharisees will not lead people to God's kingdom. Following them will lead to ruins. And the sad fact is the Pharisees were the conservative Bible-believing group who, who should have been Jesus' people. This is likely why Jesus was so harsh with them. They had the truth and should have known better. This made their sin all the greater. You see, Jesus is generally direct with those who have the truth. It's like our children. Those of you who are parents, we tolerate certain things when they're infants, don't we? But when they get older, we expect more. As the old adage goes, when you know better, you what? You do better. But make no mistake, Jesus did not fear the Pharisees. You, you see, neither they nor their teaching had been planted by God and therefore would not last. And God is looking for those who desire to obey him. Yes, obedience is better than sacrifice. Yet you see, the fact of the matter is the Pharisees were offended because they thought they were always right. Tradition. So as it was then, so it is today. Jesus challenges our hesitancy to take Scripture seriously. But thirdly, thirdly, and finally, we're going to look at a good tradition in verses 15 to 20, which is the inward condition. Peter was not content until he had an explanation of the same about food. I love Peter. He was so spontaneous. Peter said, explain the parable to us in verse 15. You see, Peter wanted more clarity on what goes in the mouth versus what comes out. So patiently, our Lord explained the lesson again. You, you see, the meaning seems obvious to us, but it was astonishingly new to Orthodox Jews. We all know that whatever enters the mouth eventually goes into the stomach and comes out in human waste. Food never 
touches the heart. Yes, we are talking what goes in versus what comes out. Jesus had to remind the disciples of this truth repeatedly. It's what's inside our hearts that leads to what we say and what we do. How many of us are guilty of this? I know I am. You're hammering and you hit your big thumb. You're, you're a Christian. You're a Christian. You, you come to church. You pray. You give. You love Jesus. But you say that four-letter word, don't you? You say the four-letter word. What's in comes out. Jesus gives example of evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, and verse 19 as examples of, 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 of what comes out of the heart. So Jesus tells the disciples it's not what goes into a person's mouth that defiles him. It's the words and actions that come out that reveals the sin in his or her heart. Jesus has to remind his disciples of this truth repeatedly. It's what's inside our hearts that leads to what we say and what we do. Yet make no mistake, Jesus is he's after right actions, good deeds, decent behavior, and honorable character. But these things are ultimately and consistently producible only if we keep our hearts pure and are committed to honor God in the way we live. And we're conditioned. That's good tradition. So again, Jesus is constantly challenging our hesitancy to take Scripture seriously. So what is the next step? Uh, we, we see that bad traditions can lead a Christ follower away from his commitment to Christ. Why? Because it's a hard issue. So one must guard their heart. Our heart is what both Jesus wants, but also Satan wants. Yes, we must give our hearts to Jesus. The bottom line, folks, is that, that our daily walk with Jesus as Christ followers are challenged we are challenged to take the scriptures seriously. Here's how serious Jesus wants your heart. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Luke 9, 23 tells us. Clearly, Jesus is looking for those who desire to please him. And that only happens when you give him your heart. And speaking of heart this morning, let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we conclude this message. How is your heart this morning? Have you given your heart to Jesus? You know, that's a very personal question. Nobody can answer that for you but me. Let me challenge you this morning. Humbly challenge you to give your heart to Jesus. He loves you. He cares for you. Yes, he died for you. That's the proof 
of how much he loves you and cares for you. We've heard this over and over again. That we're sinners. That Christ is the Savior. And if you accept Christ as your Savior, you will have eternal life. He wants to give someone, perhaps even today, in the dark. Isn't this ironic? We're, we're in a building with no electricity, dark, but Jesus is the light of the world. He wants your heart, folks. He wants my heart. But he's too much of a gentleman to come in without an invitation. Will you give your heart to him this morning? It's simple. It's not complicated. We make it such, but it's not. Simply acknowledging your sins in your life. Acknowledging the gift that God gave in Jesus Christ. And asking Jesus to come into your life. Receiving that gift of salvation. Would, would you do it this morning if you've never done it before? I'll, I'll help you in the prayer. Those who are seriously wanting to give their lives over to the Lord. Just pray in your heart this prayer. Lord, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. For I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. But Christ is the Savior. And I ask now, Lord, to receive that gift of Jesus Christ into my heart for the forgiveness of my sins. In Jesus' name. And, and you see, folks, it's just that simple. We make it complicated. Let me pray for those who get that. Father, thank you for those who gave their life to you this morning. Or perhaps we dedicated their life to you uh, this morning. Father, I pray that they would experience the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. To go forth and be the men and women of God that you're pleased with. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people say amen. amen. Just one other thing, quickly, uh, as was mentioned, connect cards. You, you, if you've heard it once, you've heard it a million times. I know it's dark in here, uh, but you can take it outside if you need to. But let us know if you, if you made a profession of faith this morning. Uh, our pastor would love to hear from you. God bless you.